once again, and welcome to Be Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode 139, Just Good News, journal entry number 34, part 2. And uh, that's our interview with Pastor Carrie Schmidt from Newington, Connecticut. And Pastor Schmidt, of course, is the author of the book, Done, that we spent about 10 weeks on sharing that book with you and what great news that Jesus has for us. And we're going to conclude that interview with Pastor Kerry today. But before we do, let me remind you, as always, where you can find our podcast. You can find us at uh, beboomerunleashed.podbean.com. On iTunes, uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, you can find our link on Facebook, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, and as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at beboomerunleashed at gmail.com, beboomerunleashed at gmail.com, and uh, drop us a line with your comments, your questions, your criticisms, or suggestions for future episodes, and as always... Uh, If you'd like to be on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, drop us an email. Let us know what you'd like to talk about, and we'll do our best to get you on the show. Like I say, this is Jerry Lake, and I'm the Unleashed Baby Boomer, hosting this episode and all the episodes of Be Boomer Unleashed. And we had part one of a great conversation with Pastor Kerry Schmidt from Emmanuel Baptist Church in Newington, Connecticut. And we're going to pick up right where we left off in that uh, interview last week with Pastor Kerry as we go to that recorded interview now. And and you brought up a good point early in the interview. And, uh, you know, the, the saved part, you get somebody saved, that's just where it starts. That discipleship... That discipleship is 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 the hard road that you that you've got to fill in there, and and without discipleship, you know that that seed that uh, it flourished and and received, you know, Satan. The, that's just fresh meat for Satan, and he's going to come in and try to knock your feet out from under you. So, a good discipleship yeah. program is absolutely essential. It's critical, yeah. And it's such a paradox because from human, from a human standpoint, discipleship costs us everything. And you're right, it's a hard road. But from Jesus' viewpoint, it doesn't cost us anything because we gain, we gain much more in the end. And then, and then secondly, he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In his view, it's an easier road than going it alone, you know. Um, and so it, it is... Helping new believers see following Jesus looks harder and looks looks at the front view like it's more costly. It's really the easier path, and it's really the most rewarding, the most flourishing path. Um, and I'm not talking about health, wealth, and prosperity no, creatures no. like you were talking about earlier, but the flourishing of my soul, that it's the life I was designed and created and called to live so it causes soul flourishing and uh you can't that's what we're trying to achieve with all of our purchasing and all of our pleasure seeking and earthly success we're trying to find a flourishing soul but really jesus is the only source of that kind of flourishing so following him leads to real flourishing right you know we're studying through i've been i teach a couples class here at church and we're studying through the book of revelation and and uh, we've been about 28 or 29 weeks in it so far and we've made it to chapter 12 so I mean, we're we're making mm. some making some headway but 
you know, uh, when you come apart, uh, come in there, and of course we hear it uh, all through the New Testament, really, and some in the Old Testament, that Satan is 24-7 accusing us before God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I made the comment in Sunday school, I said, do you ever think of how much time, how much of God's time we waste having to piddle with Satan who's going to say, oh, look at that guy. Look, he lost his temper. Look, he did that. Look, he did something else. Of course, we know that it's all covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. But, you know, Jesus, God, he, he's probably got more important things to do than to have to defend me from Satan, you know. But but right. uh, the, the great accuser, you know, he's accusing us all the time, and he knows he can't have our soul, so he wants to do the next best thing. He wants to ruin our testimony. And uh, right. a lot of folks slide into that trap. And the beauty of the gospel is even though Satan is the great accuser, Jesus is the great advocate. Amen. And every time he accuses us, Jesus stands and says, I've paid for that. I'm the right. redeemer. He stands, you know, in heaven pleading our cause and case. And so the, I think one of the keys to winning in the Christian life, to just even getting, you know, growing forward is not accepting Satan's accusations to realizing, you know, we say God accepts us, but we have a hard time believing it. Right. Um, we have a hard time really appropriating because we know our struggles. We know what we wrestle with, and we know that there's all so much, so much, such a long ways to go in our spiritual growth, no matter how long we've been saved. But the beauty of the gospel is that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Paul said, be confident, be confident, wake up and live joyfully, confidently, knowing that Jesus is your advocate. And that uh, that holds us. It holds us steadfast. And boy, what a promise that is. And uh, mm-hmm. I tell you, it just uh, you know, it takes the guesswork out of it. You know, you ask a lot of Absolutely. people, say, you know, if, if you were to stand before Jesus today uh, and uh, he says, hey, why should I let you in heaven? What would you say? I mean, and you get all kinds of answers. You get all kinds of oh, answers. Yeah. Well, I've given a lot of money, or I've done a lot of good works, or I think I'm a pretty good guy, or my grandma was a Christian, mm-hmm. but uh, it's the blood. That's it. You know, if you right. if you're washed in the blood, that's it. Uh, right. You know, and you mentioned this uh, briefly about COVID and some of these different things, and um, people are searching today. They they are concerned, uh, you know, it's not good for man to uh, be cloistered down under quarantine somewhere, you know, and so right. you've got all this debate going on to vaccinate, to not vaccinate, to wear a mask, to not wear a mask, to, to quarantine, to not quarantine. Uh, you know, people don't want to go to work anymore. Uh, you know, I don't know how it is in Connecticut, but where I live, I'd like to be just in the business of making help wanted signs because they're up everywhere and nobody wants to work. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, they just don't have that peace that they're looking for. So with all the turmoil and all the confusion that we have going on today, how does that person find a little bit of good news in the midst of these perilous times that we're living in? 
Well, that's a great question. And that's partially why I just wrote this book, Stop Trying. We have, we tend to tie our hopes um, subconsciously. We don't intend to do it, but we subconsciously tie our hopes to things that can change or can be lost or broken. Um, for instance, okay, um, we tie our hopes to our jobs and our economic security. And suddenly that can be changed with a day or two or you know, a pink slip or uh, a health diagnosis. We tie our hopes to a relationship and that person can leave us or abandon us or pass away. Um, we tie our hopes to, to be honest with you, even to our American identity and suddenly right. our country is in steep decline and our basic liberties seem to be in question. And if anything we've tied our sense of hope or security to um, other than Jesus is temporary and it's fragile and it's fluid. It can change. And so the only hope of real joy and real durability is to go deeper and to, to anchor ourselves to the truest truth, okay, and the greatest hope. And that is that Jesus, well, Jesus said it himself, in the world you shall have tribulations. Right. But then he said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What is he saying? You can expect things to get worse and worse. You can expect your life to be hard in terms of circumstances. But you can also absolutely be of good cheer. And that's not contrived cheer. That's not forced or fake cheer. That's legitimate. That's true. It's deep, abiding joy. Why? Because he is, has overcome these things. And that means he, he is with us in them. He has a purpose through them. And he is going to deliver us from them. Okay, let me give you another passage. Philippians 1. Paul's in jail at Rome. He's writing to his friends at Philippi, which was the church born out of his beating and his imprisonment, if you remember that, in right. Acts 16. Right. Well, 30, you know, 25 or 30 years later now, he's writing them a letter. It's AD 62. He's being held a captive by Nero under false you know, pretenses, false accusations. Nero, the Caesar, is going to go ballistic on Christians in, within about two years. So Paul, God has sent Paul to Rome, but he's done it through negative circumstances, false accusations and imprisonment. And Paul says in verse 12, I would that you should understand. So he wants the believers that are worried about him to understand something. He wants them to appropriate the reality here. And he says, I would that you should understand, brethren, the things which happened unto me. Well, he's talking about the beatings and the imprisonment and the, what seems to be a ministry-killing event, string of events. He says, the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel. So then he proceeds to say that people in Caesar's household are trusting Jesus as Savior. Um, in the palace and in all other places, Christ is being magnified more because of these events. Well, you apply that to 2021, and you have to understand that the pandemic, the civil unrest, the decline of our nation, all this, none of this is a surprise to God. No. And he placed us here we're not here by accident. And frankly, as much as I don't even like what I'm going to say, we don't need to be looking to get back to a new or to a normal. We as Christians need to be saying, I'm okay. Like, 
I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to be delivered. That's what Paul says two verses later. He says, this shall turn to my salvation. Okay. I'm certain of it. Um, but what we need to be as Christians is recognizing God's on the move right now. And COVID, COVID was on his timeline. And putting me here during COVID is no accident. So what's my assignment? What am I to do? And how is God expanding the gospel in this moment through his church? And how can I, how can I participate with that? So to me, the great joy is knowing that God is in control and that God is holding me. And that frees me to live audaciously and to live courageously and to preach, magnify Jesus and preach the gospel. And I believe this, Jerry, with all my heart, more people right now are sensitive and seeking and open to the gospel and to Jesus than have ever been in, in the last three or four generations because they're so confused, they're so perplexed. Now, I admit there are many adversaries, okay? It's, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a, a dual thing. Many hearts are softened and many hearts are hardened as well. Um, and the hard hearts are the loud ones, right? They're the ones we hear in the media right. and we see in the mainstream. But the soft hearts are, are in our neighbors and coworkers and they live down the street. Uh, they're in our communities. How do I know this? Because people are coming to Emmanuel every week asking questions, and they need answers, and they're just genuinely perplexed. And when they meet Jesus, I mean the light comes on in their heart, and joy is born, and everything changes. So I have been just distraught this year over the fact that the Christian population of America has become so divided so polarized on temporary things right. you know hey i've got my own opinion about masks and mandates and vaccines sure. and all this stuff but none of that is my mission my yeah. mission is not to protect my liberty my mission is to help others find true liberty and to let jesus handle you know my earthly liberty and uh, i'm telling you there's great joy um in in environments and christian communities where the gospel is alive because new life is being born. People are finding Jesus. There's there's a hundred or more people in my church this year that wouldn't have even looked to Jesus if it weren't for COVID. So uh, there is certainly a bright side to all of this. Well, you just look at uh, what COVID caused in a lot of churches. Uh, my church, uh, the church where I'm a member, Elmwood Missionary Baptist Church, uh, we never did uh, we never did any live streaming until covid you know mm -hmm. and we started out with an iphone <laughs> and a tripod and and you know we've advanced that into more sophisticated equipment but you know uh because of because of covid we're reaching people online now that we would have never reached before we have, right. we have people listening to messages from Pastor Rick Glass. We have people who listen to Sunday school lessons taught by some of our teachers who would have never set in on a Sunday school class without that. That's I right. mean, and, uh, it, and, you know, we see, as a result, we see new people coming to church. Uh, we've still got some folks sitting at home watching the live stream, and I think some folks are genuinely concerned and 
for some mm-hmm. folks it may be an excuse not to come to church. I don't know. But but we've got yep. folks that have visited our church that would have never visited our church had it not That's been right. for COVID. So, you know, this little hiccup in the road, uh, you know, and, and people talk about the imposition, of, I mean, the aggravation of it and all oh, the inconvenience of it, all this stuff. But what happens if the church has to go underground? How, how mm-hmm. and, and it could happen. You know, people say, oh, mm-hmm. that never happened in America. Well, who would have ever thought two years ago what is going on today would have happened, you know? So exactly. uh, we have to be prepared for that and uh, mm-hmm. for, for, the, for the eventuality that the church may, in America, in the United States of America, may have to go underground. But if, but yeah. if, but if Christ is in control and we're not trying to run the show, like you said, that'll be okay. You know that's that's, that's okay, right. and uh, wow, it's just uh, it's just exciting times that we live in, and that's uh, what I said to my church on Sunday. These are exciting. If you see it through the right lens, this is an exciting time to be alive because uh, God is clearly on the move, and we're getting closer. I think to the rapture. Oh, uh, any day. I then. just I think this is the the end of the end. I think it's coming soon. And, you know, you and I both, and of course, I'm a good bit older than you. I'm 71, but, um, you know, I've heard, you know, basically all my life, you know, I've heard it. Well, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Well, in the whole scope of things, you know, a thousand years is, is, is pretty soon in, in Jesus' time. Mm-hmm. But you can actually see it playing out in real time now. And yes. uh, and the next great the next great event for the Christian is that rapture of the church, and there's no no prophecy, no nothing that has to be fulfilled for him to come back. He could come that's right right now, and uh, mm-hmm. wow. And I've always thought about the rapture, and you know, when I was a young man, I raced cars and and uh, had a dragster and, and drove Corvettes and stuff. You know, that that's that's another life. And I've always liked to go fast, go really fast, you know. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. wow, what a supersonic trip that's going to be when we get snatched out of our sneakers at the rapture, you know. Oh man, uh, going to be amazing. It's going to be, it's going to be something. And uh, you know, I'm excited, brother. I, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And uh, yeah. but uh, and as we've been going through the Book of Revelation, talk about tribulation. I said, I understand you're not going to go through any of this tribulation period. We're not going to go. And I said, you ask, I said, well, why are we studying this? If we're not going through this tribulation, why are we studying this? Because we've got to understand what the unsaved are going to go through going into that mm-hmm. tribulation period. And if we've got friends and loved ones who don't know Jesus, man, we got to do everything we can to get them saved. You know? Right. That's God's warning to them. That's grace. Grace is, is written right in the pages of Revelation as a warning to anybody to, to, to come to Christ. Yeah. Well, I tell you, it's uh, you know, I, I, if I don't, if I, if I, if I have the opportunity, sometime, of course, I'd rather meet up with you in heaven. But if I have the opportunity, sometime, I'd love to visit your church up in Connecticut and uh, and uh, see uh, see that uh, place up there. But uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, Pastor Kerry. Tell folks how they can get copies of your book or uh, information, uh, and I know you have online sermons on your um, on your website there at the church. 
because um, uh, I've listened to a couple of those. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, you've got a great church there and a great ministry. So how can people find out more about that? So uh, the church website is ebcnewington.com. So that's Emmanuel Baptist Church, ebcnewington.com. And on the church site, we have a whole uh, a whole library of all of the sermon series over nine years and many book studies of the Bible, and we're adding to that constantly. And then um, the way the best way to connect with me personally would be uh, through my blog, which is Carrie Schmidt, C A R Y S C H M I D T dot com. And if you go to that blog, there's a link to all the books and the other podcasts that we try to publish on a regular basis. I have a little daily devotion. I call it Enough for Today. Right. And it's about a 10-minute Yeah, I've watched, uh, I've watched a on, couple of those. Those are good. Okay, so it's YouTube and, and Facebook. And it's, we're just going through the Psalms slowly. Um, and, uh, and so that's every day at noon. It airs and then it archives. So all that you can find um, on the blog. And I'm happy for anybody to to reach out and let me know that they're being blessed by some of that. It's uh, We're just trying to put it out there and let God use it. Yeah, I tell you, it's great. And that's another thing. You talk about your blog. Look at how many of those are going on now that weren't maybe weren't going on pre-COVID, mm-hmm. you know. That's right. I know when, when COVID hit the church uh, or hit the area and our church was affected, um, the pastor asked me, he said some folks were interested in a daily Bible reading. Uh, just read a chapter a day. And so he wanted to know if I'd do that. So I said, sure, I'll do that. So we started, uh, I guess it was in March of 2020. And I thought, like everything, well, this will last for a couple months. People get tired of it and they'll tune out, you know, mm-hmm. owe me of little faith. Uh, but we're still going strong every morning at 8 a.m. on uh, mm-hmm. live stream there. We've read, uh, we're now in our 22nd book of the Bible that we've read through a chapter a day mm. and uh, what happens people sign on and we have prayer requests and we, we see them as they sign on and and I've had lots of people say you know it just gives us a sense of belonging a sense of community and and you know we've got people from other states that tune in on a daily basis and that would have never happened Brother Kerry without COVID mm-hmm. you know it would have That's never right. happened so mm-hmm. uh, wow I'm I've encouraged people to find your book, and I'm going to encourage them to go to your church website and get some more material from you. Boy, I tell you, it's, and I've probably used enough of your time today, but boy, what a pleasure it's been talking with you, and I just I just hope we can meet up in person someday. If I don't see you here on this earth, I'll, I'll, I'll see you in heaven one day and say, hey, Carrie, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Great. I've enjoyed talking to you, and I sure appreciate the opportunity. It's a privilege. Yeah, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks. God bless you, brother. Well, that concludes our interview with Pastor Kerry Schmidt of the Emanuel Baptist Church in Newington, Connecticut, a prolific author, author of the little book done that we went through for several weeks here. And wow, what a privilege it was to meet uh, Brother Kerry and spend some time with him uh, via the telephone. And uh, wow, just a tremendous man of God. And we so appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule to uh, be with us on Be Boomer Unleashed. And I hope you've enjoyed 
this conversation with Pastor Kerry and the words of encouragement that he's given us and how God needs to be in control of our lives. And boy, isn't that a fact. Isn't that a fact? Well, I encourage you to check out his website, check out his church website. Uh, Brother uh, Kerry is a tremendous uh, uh, pastor and a preacher. Uh, They have their um, uh, messages on their website, uh, EBC. Uh, Newington, uh, he said. It's Emmanuel Baptist Church, Newington, Connecticut. If you can't remember that website, just Google it. It'll take you there or to his blog, kerryschmidt.com, and his daily devotional as he goes through the Psalms. And boy, boy, you'll enjoy that. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just a blessing to know that there are other folks out there of like faith who are holding forth the Word of God. And folks, we do live in perilous times. But as Brother Kerry said, they're exciting times. This is an exciting time for a Christian because I don't know about you, but I'm listening for the trumpet. I'm listening for my name to be called and for Jesus to say, hey, church, come on home. I am so looking forward to that. You know, if a person wanted to, if you wanted to, you could sit around with a gloomy face all day and say, oh, my, woe is me. You know, all this stuff that's going on. But hey, Jesus doesn't want us to live like that. Jesus doesn't want us to live a defeated life. And our life in Jesus is far from defeated. Because you know what? We don't have this, but guess who does? Jesus has this. He's got it. Well, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this uh, interview with Pastor Kerry. And uh, I hope you'll share it with your friends. Uh, Share the little book, Done with your friends uh look up some of brother Kerry's other books he's uh, he's a great writer and uh, he'll have some words of encouragement in those books that he has written well i hope you'll join us on our next episode of b boomer unleashed but until then have a great week and may god bless each and every one of you goodbye